So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 216 for September 22nd, 2019. My name is Nathan Reaton Spruth. Joining me this week, we have... Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Bash. Hi, I made it. You made it, and you made pizza. And I and, made pizza. And we have Andrew Oro McVeigh. Hello, I'm having my favorite snack, cottage cheese. That is disgusting. We were talking about yes. that before you came down, and that's so weird. And, of course, I am your host, Nathan Reen Spruth. So, uh... What games have you played this week, and um, where can we find you, Aroa? Um, just go to aroa.website. Uh, so yesterday, I went to uh, went to stream on Mixer, and then I realized, hey, I never got any notification that I was live. Why is that? And then I go on to Mixer, and I see that uh, it's yelling at me that I have to complete the uh, the getting started bullshit you know my friend so, so so i'm interrupting you for a second but yesterday my friend you are my friend roguish bard she uh she went to do the same thing and had to fill out the the little requirement thing and they're like you have 24 hours you have to wait and she's like dang it so same yeah. exact thing happened i was i was kind of annoyed by that so then i streamed on twitch instead um i, I normally do both through yeah. restream yeah uh but i stream to mixer and then restream uh mirrors my mixer feed over to everything else because that way i still get the fastness of the mixer my uh anyway my my co my co-worker just got affiliated on mic or on twitch so she just got the affiliate she only has well, that's like cool. I, I looked at it and i was like she has like 300 and something followers on there and I was like, man, if I was still on Twitch, I could have been affiliated for a long time because I have over 500 followers on there. Ah, well. well the followers isn't the hard part. It's the fucking getting people to actually consistently watch. Yeah, it's the con- concurrent viewership, which is a problem. So, I, And I, anyway. don't, I don't get how that happens. Like, how do you have 500 people who, who click follow and then none of them watch you ever again? Ever again. Uh, you know, I do have I do have some regulars who show up in my mixer, and uh, it's nice. And it and it really depends on the game. Like, I was playing uh, Beat Saber on Friday, and you know I had a pretty concurrent viewership of you know five to ten people. But yeah. when when I play other games, then it they're like I don't want to watch that game, and it just drops down. So yeah, it is like it since. The main thing that I stream recently is is wow. I can understand why no one wants to watch that. Well, everyone's everyone's streaming it, right? So, uh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, well, that's you guys not because really just need to play well, the same game that a thousand other people are playing right now. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's part. That's part of it. Honestly, is that you, that is part of it? Yeah, I, you, I acknowledge that. So, but so, it's also that Jesus Christ, wow, is so boring to watch unless really, it's somebody who's actually good. It it really is, 
but like you you've got to watch somebody like you, you have to watch method or it has to be an event like yeah. uh, the mdi or something that's the only time i would ever watch somebody play it or so, it's somebody whose personality i like in the first place right so i had a uh i had i had really good luck with spider-man a couple months after spider-man was released when people people oh, the were PS4 game. Yeah, people were were still interested in watching the game, but there weren't a lot of people who were playing the game. So there were only like four or five people streaming the game, but uh, the game was still pretty popular, so people wanted to see how the game was because a lot of people on Mixer don't have a PS4 because they're all Xbox One noobs. So You know, that's that's interesting. I would like to look at the data for that and see, like, if there's if there's a spike in like individual viewership like like not overall viewership because that's what everybody looks at to see like how popular a game is but yeah. i'm curious like i i'd want to know if there are more people watching fewer channels uh after a certain period of time or something yeah it, and, and i and also wonder if it would be tied to like whenever a sale starts that that too. You would think that uh, during a sale, more people would be playing the game. Anyway, or uh, would be watching to see if they want to buy it. Yeah, that's true. So I do want to ask you another thing. Uh, other than wow, what games have you been playing? I'm sorry, I interrupted. So I got a. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think it can be called a game. Um, but it's called Kind Words. And uh. The full title is Kind Words, Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Write to, uh, because funny may may. Okay. Um, but it's um, it's not a game. It's more of like almost a self-contained social network. Okay. Uh, but you don't actually know who you're talking to at any point in time. There have been other websites that have done this same sort of thing, but this one does it in a very cool uh very chill way basically you write you can write a request that is uh something that's bothering you just something that's on your mind whatever um and then that goes out into the ether and other people can see your request and it's just kind of mixed in a jumble with everybody else's and they can respond to that and then you can concurrently respond to other people's requests and it can be things as simple as just like hey i'm i'm dealing with a lot at school right now and i uh i just kind of need to get this off my chest or whatever and then you can write a nice letter that's like hey you know lots of people have problems in school it's okay you know it, this struggle is all over the place but that doesn't mean that you're you're insignificant you know it's like just a big old, big old hug chamber, and I really like it. There are some like really intense things, like some people talking about how they, they like they're having problems dealing with their family, uh, people who recently have been who have lost their jobs, uh, like they're they're having relationship issues with their their spouse or whatever. It, there's there's some really intense stuff and there's a lot of stuff where it's just like hey send me some of your favorite poetry that sounds really like just like you started a reddit on positivity 
Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, it's it is just one really big positive energy bubble, and I I really like it. Um, and it's it, it's really it, I've I've sent a couple of requests out with some of the feelings that I've had lately, and there are some genuinely helpful and insightful people. That's good. Um, it's only five bucks, so if if that sounds like something that would make you feel good, it's definitely worth five bucks. I, I think. Cool. Um, and then uh, I also played a little bit of a thing called Riff Racer, which is I I knew that I had seen it before, uh, and I I realized that I think I had played like a really early demo of it, like whenever they were still developing it. But it's basically like a spiritual successor to Audio Surf. That is. Oh yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's not focused so much on the puzzliness, uh, which and Audio Surf Two kind of piled more into. Uh, it's much more focused on the feeling of speed and of it actually like you know, driving around and, and, and racing. Uh, you, you're meant to just try to keep in time with the music while doing doing cool drifts and stuff. And it's hard, at, at least as long as I've been playing. It's been kind of difficult, but I think once I once I get it down, it can be it, it'll be pretty satisfying to play. And well, that's cool. Yeah. You can put whatever music you want in it, and it does a it does a fantastic job with like th- there was something that Audio Surf did really well too, where it, it hits a particularly intense part of the song, and it'll it, like in Audio Surf it would usually just be like almost a straight dive down, and in Riff Racer it'll do like a a loop de loop or a corkscrew or something, and it's really satisfying. Oh, I see. Well, that's cool. So, uh, you have Wow. You have your positivity Reddit, and you have um, Rift Racer. Anything else? No. All no, right. We're good. You Connor, talk, where can yeah. we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Cyberpunk underscore Monk. You can find me on Mixer at Cyberpunk underscore Monk. Um, you, you might notice a trend going on there. If you're yes. looking for me, you'll find me probably at Cyberpunk underscore Monk. And what I games have you played have this week? been playing Untitled Goose Game for just a little bit. Ooh. I didn't think i would expect to love being an asshole goose so much <laughs> it's uh, although it is, is a short game it is a very delightful game untitled goose game is a sandbox game where you play as a goose oh and you just you you have a dedicated honk button you have a dedicated put your neck down button you have a dedicated flap your wings button and you got a dedicated i'm gonna waddle really fast button and you just go around sometimes terrorizing people sometimes setting up a picnic for yourself. Oh, well, that's good. At least you uh, set up picnics, picnics for yourself after murdering people. I don't think anyone got murdered, although I did make an old man slip on some tomatoes. <laughs> so, well, you know, I, I, I murdered his humility. Now, now, is that... Uh, is it a VR game, or is it just normal open world? Uh, that's true. It's, for, uh, it's for the Switch. Oh, it's for the Switch. I'm sorry. It's also oh. on PC and Mac on Epic, so yeah, it might as well just be out only on the Switch. So uh, basically, you can make it VR if you just hold it really close to your face. <laughs> Listen, Reed, nothing's going to keep me from not pretending that this goose lifestyle is not going to be mine from now on. <laughs> 
Um, if I pretend hard enough, I will be the goose. I just, I, I, I want you to actually go out in real life and start like trying to get old men to slip on uh, tomatoes. <laughs> just start honking honk at, at everyone. Yes. <laughs> you would be thrown in the mental institute pretty quickly. Anyway, have you played anything else? Yeah, I also got the Link's Awakening remake on Switch. And how is that? I hear it's fantastic. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. I, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so that's been fantastic. Yeah. I've mostly been editing a podcast lately, though. I haven't had too much time to play too many video games. Just do what I do, and don't and not edit. edit. Yeah, live to tape. It'll be fine. Here's our raw podcast. Listen to us argue about rules for 20 minutes in between turns. Yeah, Everyone's we do that. Content. That's the best D&D experience. That is the D&D experience. That's what that is. Is it not? Yeah, no. we're, we're actually not that bad of a party. We usually get all of our uh, decision-making and um, research like that we need to do out of the way early. Yeah. Because yeah. not all parties are like that. and Sometimes you really do have to do it in four-hour bursts mid-fight. Yes. It's, it's awful. Um, yeah, and then, uh, I'm going to move on to me then, since you're done, and you can find me, Nathan Reeton Spruth, I'm reading everywhere, reading on Twitter, reading on Twitch, uh, Mixer, reading on YouTube, or reading Entertainment on YouTube, you can also go to my website, reetonentertainment.com, uh, you can find this podcast that you're listening to, uh, you can find it everywhere, it's on Stitcher, it's on, it's on iTunes, it's on Google Play, it's on TuneIn, it's everywhere as Reeton Podcast. And you can press the follow button and get those downloads straight to your uh, device of choice. And you can also find Connor and myself at Clinton's Core Classics. Uh, you have a lot of episodes. How many episodes are we up to now? Are you muted? His mic is muted. Yeah, his mic is muted. He's he's probably chewing he's eating vigorously right now. And... I sure am. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, I had to decide whether to interrupt and just talk with a mouthful of scalding pizza. About <laughs> 30 episodes. I, I think I made the right decision. Yes. We are at how many episodes? For uh, for Clinton Score Classics? Yes. Okay, so we just started season three, and each season has like 30-ish episodes, so we're close to like 65 or something right now. Okay, plus we have a couple interviews we've done. Uh, we have two interviews. One of them's with Kevin McLeod, who does like all of the music Whoa. on the internet ever. Yeah. Um, you could really tell that I don't know anything about music design. Yeah. And then I did an interview with Caleb and Christian from the Trailblazers podcast. They do like in for they, they do Pathfinder Academy, which is just like a breakdown of each of the classes and each of the races and etc. And that one, you could definitely tell that I know my shit. That was a that was a good interview. Good. Good. Uh, there was a little bit of a hiccup with that one where apparently people don't understand time zones. Yeah. Um, we were <laughs> like, Hey, we'll, we'll meet at this time. And I put down a time zone and I guess it, if you don't check those things, they might as well just not be there. Yeah. So but, but that's okay. That's we're all human. So you can find us there. You can find the interviews that Connor has done. He's been working really hard at editing it because since we went, we went solo anyway, uh, the games I played this week, I played some Beat Saber, as I mentioned earlier. I played some VR Dungeon Knight, which is a dungeon crawler that actually has matchmaking. So you can get friends in to uh, play that 
I am going to be playing I, that Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific time on my uh, Mixer at mixer.com forward slash Reeton. I forgot to ask about that. Was that a co-op experience? It is a co-op experience. Neat. So you can do it yeah, single. I'll, I'll probably... Single player, it does uh, randomly generated dungeons. There's two different types of dungeons. There's the normal dungeons, and then there's the nightmare dungeons. Now, right. the normal dungeons are... Uh, like they'll have puzzles and they'll have traps and stuff that you have to avoid. But then the nor or the nightmare dungeons are just, um, it's just battling. It's just going and trying to beat up things with your axes and your swords and stuff. So well, I can't wait for uh, for me to obviously play the stealth sniper archer. Yeah, you can you play. Go you in can, uh, barbarian you, blazing. Yeah, you can get. Um, swords, you can get giant battle axes that you wield with two hands. You can get um, arrows. Uh, you can get flintlock pistols, and yeah, uh, you can also pistols. get you can also get flint uh, like rifles. Same same type of uh, t- same primitive type of gun. primitive gun. Yeah, but I I honestly find the the pistol and the arrow the arrows are really good to to take things out. They're really accurate. You can also get um, like uh, stabs, staves to um, that shoot like fire and, and ice and stuff. You know, you know, magic stuff. You can also uh, be a magic wielder. You can do all sorts of things, and it's awesome. Um, honestly, for fifteen dollars, it's it's pretty well done, and it's still in it's still in early access. And the guy said that he's working on it all by himself, so it's just him. So the fact that he was able to make that by himself is pretty, pretty inspiring, actually. So I'm going to be playing that on Friday night. Maybe I'll be able to get Connor to join unless he's doing karaoke again. So I don't think I could drink again for at least a month. <laughs> your, your liver took a pound in? Oh, it was. I, I basically slept all day. Alcohol is very bad. I don't know why anyone does that to themselves. Yeah. I, and then also another game I played, I've been playing through Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII on the PPSSPP emulator. And I have to say... Huh? PP. Uh, The PPSSPP. No, not if you own the game. Which I own the game. Yeah, he plugged his PSP into the computer and he dumped the ROM himself. Yeah. So, uh... Playing that game with that emulator, though, I have to say they've done an amazing job. At, Haven't they? they? They really have. So I turned up the uh, the resolution to max because my computer can handle it. And it looks like a PlayStation 2 game. It really does. They've done a really amazing job. Uh, the the cutscenes are a little bit blurry, just a little bit. So you can kind of, you can tell that it's not running it, that it's upscaled, but realistically, um, it looks really good. They've done a really good job. It's it's kind of reminds me of the um, the Dolphin emulator that can make make GameCube games look like they're you know from the Wii U or or from the uh, the on the Switch. Basically, you can make them look really nice. So it has some sort of super sampling in it, don't it? Yeah. So, anyway, I, I've been playing Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. I tried playing it years ago and didn't really like it, but I'm getting a lot more into it now. And I think the reason is, honestly, 
because I'm not playing it on a PSP. I really How do you feel about the the slot machine thing? I'm not a huge fan of it, but it doesn't really get in the way of things too much. Is this so... your first time playing through this game? Yeah. Yeah. I I will say it eventually is very generous with how much it rewards you. Yeah, I've noticed and, and I've noticed that if you keep playing like uh doing the missions, mm-hmm. uh the, the further you go into the missions just like just keep repeating the missions over and over again. Uh, it tends to give you more slots over time, uh, especially depending on the difficulty of the mission you're going into. So if it's a harder mission, then you're, the slots seem to go further and they seem to do more than if you're doing like an easy mission. So that's what I noticed. Whenever, it, like, from what I, what little I remember of playing it, because I only played it for a few hours before I just got kind of bored. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I remember the slot machine just never stopping, and I didn't really understand what it was doing or why I was getting things. And it, it just seemed, it seemed almost inconsequential in a way. And not so much that, like, it wasn't having an effect, because it obviously was, but just that, like, it, there could have just been a random number generator rolling in the background, randomly giving me th- effects, and it would have been the same thing. That's pretty much what it is, yeah. I, although I don't think it's entirely random. No, I, especially later in the game. it's. It, it, uh, that, I think the best way to say it is that it's very liberal with how much yeah. it rewards you with it. Yeah. So I've been playing that game. It's actually uh, it's not bad. Not bad from what i played of it so far. Uh, I will say that the amount of missions you're able to do pretty much right from the get-go uh, makes the storyline incredibly easy to play through. Mm-hmm. So It's I not a hard through. game by any means. No. And I, I guess it's only like 20 hours long, 20 or 30 hours long, something like that. So um, I remember doing the extra content in that game, and it took me like two months to beat Minerva. I will not be doing that. That so, I mean, it's it, like just the main story is pretty cakewalkish. Yeah. If you're going to play around with like the materia synthesizing mechanics, that kind of gets annoying fast. Or yeah. you're at the end and you just do it because you already have everything. And then the secret bosses were particularly a pain in the ass in that game. I will tell you something that, that I, I have told other people. I don't do optional bosses. I never have. I, 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 I've done him. I've done them uh, with, like, Final Fantasy IX, uh, but usually I'm just... By the time I get to the point where I want to face the optional <laughs> bosses, I just beat the game and I'm done. Like, I've already put, like, 40 hours into this game. I'm I'm done playing this game. So that's that's my opinion on optional bosses, is I just never do them. They They don't have any impact on the story for me, so why do it? Anyway... Um, I don't think I played anything else this week. So Final Fantasy Crisis Core, bit of VR Dungeon Night, and Beat Saber. So join me on uh, th- I, every Monday through Friday. I play from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time around there. Um, and I will be playing some VR Dungeon Night on Friday and Crisis Core on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So join me then. Let's move on and talk about some stories. Let's talk about Google Fi, my cell phone company. Uh, I will not be taking part of their unlimited plan, but apparently they have an unlimited plan now. So 
Uh, let's just talk about the Google Fi Unlimited plan and how much it costs, and then we'll talk about how much it stacks up with other unlimited plans. So right now, uh, before the unlimited plan was announced, they had it was $20 a month plus $10 for a gigabyte of data. And then if you go over, I believe it's 15 gigs, then they have bill protection where they won't charge you any more than that extra data that you have, which was like 150 bucks. So that's a lot of a lot of money. So they added in this unlimited plan and the unlimited plan is $70. Um, it comes with unthrottled data uh, and then 100 gigs. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, with, it has more unthrottled data. It has uh, 100 gigs of Google One storage, which is a whopping $2 a month. And um, how much is it that it allows you? It says here Google One is a monthly subscription that gives you more storage for your Google account, free Google accounts, get 15 gigs across Gmail, uh, Drive, and Google Photos. Google One allows you to purchase anywhere from 100 gigabytes for the $2 up to 30 terabytes of online storage. So it's $70 a month for the unlimited plan. And it goes down if you have more people. So if you have two people, it goes down to $60 a month. And then if you have three people, it's $50. And then if you have four people, it's $45 per person. So it ends up being $180 maximum if you have four people. Um, Aroa, what are you paying right now for your not... Not... Um, unlimited account 120 i think okay so would this plan interest you uh before before we go on uh it does have unlimited data um every person gets up to it's not totally unlimited but it's every person gets 22 gigs of data it's not shared between the people yeah so but that's, isn't that 70 dollars per person uh no no, no, no. So, if, like, say you have four people, then it's $45 per person. And each person gets the um, 22 gigs of data. My $60 a month. $60 a month each for two accounts. $50 yeah. each for three accounts. $45 each for four accounts. Yeah. So I'd be paying an extra $60 a month and... Uh, it also only supports T-Mobile, whereas I have AT&T coverage right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, T-Mobile, so, T-Mobile Sprint, and US Cellular. Well, T-Mobile Sprint and US Cellular, if each person has a Pixel device, which they wouldn't. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Pixel device. It has to well, be a, a compatible device. Yeah, which it has to be a compatible. Two of them, one of them wouldn't have a smartphone, period. Yeah. And one of them would have... Uh, an Android phone running, uh, like, I, I think it's running KitKat. Yeah. Yeah. And then two people who are using iPhones. KitKat. Um, the answer is no. Yeah, I know. So I also uh, wouldn't, I, I really wouldn't want to use Google as a cell phone provider if I could avoid it. Yeah, that makes sense. I use them, but we'll get into that in just a moment. So, 
unlimited data to up to 22 gigs per person before they slower they slower they slow your speed down uh, or they slower the lower slower the lower uh, free data and text while traveling so international data and texts are included so uh, that's the same as their flexible plan which is the one I'm on uh, except uh, it's free text and then it's still the ten dollars a gig while you're traveling and it works amazingly well um free calls to 50 plus countries and territories uh so calls to all other destinations start at one cents a minute so i don't know what territories those are but um on the flexible plan you don't get the free calls to other countries you just get the as low as one cents a minute uh they give you the the two dollar 100 gig thing which is just stupid to have um, or it's it's stupid that they're including that as a feature, the like oh you get a hundred gigs of storage for free I guess, um, so yeah it's it's pretty neat. I will say that I think they should have made the plan cheaper because at seventy dollars like for me I have two people on my account. And it would be $60 a piece. I don't like that. I don't like that it would be $60 a piece. I think what they should have done is instead of uh, making it cheaper for more people, they should have just made it $50 per person. They should have just had it at everybody pays $50 and you get unlimited, unlimited data, you get unlimited texts, and unlimited calls. That's what they should though, have done. I wonder, though, if they did it if they did it this way because they weren't getting a lot of families who were going on the plan, it may have just been a lot of individuals. That might've been it too. Yes. Um, but, but I think that if they just had one solid one price for every person, it would make a lot more sense, at least to me. And then, um, you could just say, Hey, it's $50 a person and not have to worry about, Oh, I have two people. So that's going to be $60 and blah, blah, blah. Um, Comparing this unlimited plan to other people, other people's, um, you have, I think T-Mobile, AT&T and Sprint. Oh, I'm sorry. T-Mobile, Sprint, uh, Verizon and AT&T all have their unlimited plans. So AT&T's is $70 a month for one line, $120 a month for two lines. So $60 a piece. Uh, 145 a month for three lines and 160 a month for four lines. So it's actually a little bit cheaper. It's about $20 cheaper if you have four lines. Um, same thing, data subject to being throttled after 22 gigs or due to high network Or usage. whenever they feel like it. Yeah. Uh, but the plan does include AT&T Live TV service. Bleh. Sprint, $60 a month for one line, 100 a month for two to five lines. And then 50, you get 50 gigs of data plus 500 megs of free hotspot data. Um, 140p, I'm sorry, 400, 140p uh, video streaming, 480p video streaming on mobile, and price includes a Hulu subscription. Now, I believe AT&T with the, also limits your media playback to 480p. It does. I think all of these do, including Google. So, uh, Horizon doesn't. Oh, okay. That's good. So, 
Uh, T-Mobile, 30 gigs a month per line, up to four lines. Uh, 50 gig data throttled threshold, 480p streaming, unlimited 3G mobile hotspot data. You can run at, at five megs a second. I don't I don't know what 3G caps out at, honestly, but that's it's, it's pretty not low. much. Yeah. But uh actually thirty dollars a month, that's not bad for four lines. I mean, you have to yeah. be on T Mobile, which kinda sucks, but um that's not terrible. If you're if you're in an area where you can live with T Mobile being your, your service provider, they are really the most compelling non MVNO yeah. out there. Well and and uh, internationally, I don't know how their international travel works. That's the whole reason I did Google Fi. Um, but they they have service pretty much all over the world. Actually, the United yeah. States is one of the crappier places they have service because well, they're uh, they're technically their their real name is Deutsche Telekom. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Verizon is pretty much the same thing. It's seventy dollars a month for one line, sixty for. Two lines, 45 for three lines, and 35 for four lines. Uh, $30 a month per line for five lines or more. Customers can also get 5G access for an additional $10 a month. Uh, unlimited 4G data subject to throttling, whatever network congestion, congestion is high. Includes six free months of Apple Music. So Google's, Google's a bit on the, the expensive side when it comes to their unlimited offerings. Um, honestly, if you don't use a lot of data, let's say, let's say you're in the market and you're, and you're doing a lot of international traveling or in a lot of international calling. Um, I would say that, that Google Fi is probably pretty good for you. I, I know it worked really well for me when I did international travel in Japan. I just flew over there at one time. I looked at my phone while I was on the plane and it's like, we noticed you're in Russia. And I was like, what? I'm not in Russia. <laughs> and then when I landed in Japan, they're like, oh, you're in Japan. Give us a second. And it just configured my device, and it worked perfectly. I had no issues while I was in Japan. So, that is pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, and I know that AT&T and Verizon both offer a $10 a day deal. So if you don't do a ton of international traveling, that might work for you. Uh, I will it's, warn you, though. It's pretty shitty. Yeah I, yeah, I will warn you, though, that my sister uh, has Verizon. And when we went over there, she was paying the $10 a day, and her phone kept disconnecting. Like, she could not get a good signal the entire time we, we were there. My, so, uh, my dad has AT&T, and whenever he went to Jamaica, it was, uh, it was kind of stupid. Just how it, he could barely get service anywhere and on top of like the ten dollars a day just to get like phone access, he also couldn't get like data, yeah, or anything without paying for usage, which right. is just like what fucking year is it? Yeah, so um, I know that Consumer Cellular also has really bad international travel things. A lot of the MVNOs uh, do, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know how T-Mobile's international works. Do you know that? Do you know how that works? Not off the top of my head, no. I, I've usually recommended that unless you're on a service like Google Fi that specifically targets people who will go international fairly often, uh, that whenever you get to the airport, you just buy a prepaid phone 
from yeah. overseas. Right. Um, and, and you know, the, the bad thing is, because Japan, they actually had a law that was passed in, like, the 60s, where if you're not a, uh, if you're not a resident, you can't, or if you don't, like, if you're not a citizen, you can't actually purchase phones in Japan. What the and that, fuck? Yeah. And so you can't actually get, like, a home phone in Japan if you're not a resident. And for some reason, that carried on to cell phones. So you can't actually go there and buy a burner phone. You have to buy a SIM card and put it in your phone. You have to. So. Oh, oh okay. So you can still buy the service. You just have to buy a SIM card. Yeah, you just can't buy the like you can't. It's a weird international. It's a weird law that they created, and it's just one of those ones that just never got off the books. Like um, like the pixelated porn. It just it's yeah. for some reason it's never been removed, and they just they're like, well, it's the law, but can't we change the law? Nope. So, um, I I recommend uh Google Fi if you're doing international travel, uh, or if you're like me, where you don't have a lot of data usage. So between my, uh, my friend Ricky and I, we use about a gig and a half of data every month. So our bill, uh, before counting for the phones that we're purchasing, is about 50 bucks. So it's not really that bad between two people. If uh, once you account for the phones, it ends up being about $110. But that's still not too bad for a, for a cell phone plan that has really good service. So, um, I I don't think that Aroa is going to be switching anytime soon, which means I don't get my referral credit. So let's move on, and let's talk about Samsung. Huh? Huh? Samsung? Anybody? Oh Anybody boy! Like? So this is really weird. It says here. They have a new PCIe 4.0 SSD, which will never die, which I think might be an over-exaggeration, but it's still pretty neat, the the speeds that they're coming out with and the the fact that they're trying to make this SSD that will never die. Um, It says here, Samsung uh, is one of the market leaders when it comes to solid-state drives, is cementing its position at the top with the release of two new models. Of SSDs. Not only do these products utilize the new PCIe 4.0 interface, but they also uh, are fail-proof, according to the company. And if you read down, it says, Samsung's new SSDs will use PCIe 4.0, allowing them to reach sequential speeds of 3,800 megabytes per second. Sequential reads are even more impressive at 6,400 megabytes per second. Uh, and then there's the U.2 drives and, um, sorry, for the U.2 drives. I don't know what a U.2 is. Do you... I'm assuming it... it Unless they meant M.2? A, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe just another version of that. Yeah. Uh, and then 8,000 megabytes per second for the card type versions, which is... It's pretty, pretty quick. It's pretty quick. It's not not perfect, but... Um, they do say that they have their uh, fail-in-place FIP software. 
It works by detecting any faulty NAND chips on the SSD, scanning for any damage, and then moving the data onto working chips. This means that normal operations can continue even when errors occur at chip le level, enabling what Sam calls, Samsung calls never dying SSD. The drive also ensures endurance of one or three drive wipes per day over a five year period. The device comes with Samsung's uh, virtualization technology allowing a single SSD to be divided into a maximum of 64 smaller SSDs providing vir uh, virtual workspaces for multiple users. They also feature machine learning tech to ensure superior data uh, reliability. You can find all of this at the link below, the TechSpot link down below. So, obviously, this they're going to fail at some point, right? Like, they're not going to be completely fail-proof. Yeah, all, the, all this is is just taking care of the fact that Whenever you're manufacturing NAND hardware, it's something, it, there's going to be faulty chips. That just right. happens. Right. And if a chip dies while in operation, um, it'll just move it on to a different chip. One of the things that um, some people don't know, I know you guys probably know, is that when you buy like a 480 gig SSD, it's really coming with like 500 and some odd gigs but that you don't have access to the other space uh, so that if a chip dies, it will write to the other chips and you can maintain your performance and, and, uh, and size. So they over-allocate the amount of space that you get and then under-allocate what you see when you load it up in your computer. And that's, from what I understand, that's pretty much what they're doing here and they're having a bit more sophisticated technology to counteract it when a chip does fail. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to it, me. It looks like it can it can preemptively detect whenever a chip is going to fail in the future. Yeah. And it mitigates that problem ahead of time. So uh that I'm is gonna... impressive that it it can be wiped like up to 3 times a day over the course of 5 years. Yeah, like, yeah. That's I, a lot. That's a lot of endurance. I bet. I bet somebody's going to do a test and just keep like they're gonna try, see how many wipes it takes before the drives die. That oh, that happens all the time on YouTube. Like, I, like people are like, "Yeah, I had to wipe this drive for three months straight before it died," which is pretty and good to be honest. That's fucking yeah. You're you're never going to do that over the course of regular usage no now granted no. these are obviously geared more towards the enterprise environment where it is more possible yeah this is definitely something like that to happen this but... is definitely being geared towards like uh your you you Servers. host a server and and you have a bunch of people accessing that drive for files all all day long so this would this would honestly be really fucking tight to see in like the next uh, Mac Pro. The next Mac Pro? Yeah. Why would you... Why? No, you're not getting a Mac or, Pro. Well, it, it's not even, not even, like, just specifically I'd want to see it in the Mac Pro. Just that, like, I, I don't know of any other, any other Pro-grade computer that's meant for, like, video editing and stuff oh, that right. would use this sort of thing. No, like, I could see... 
than being like, and our top-of-the-line MacBook Pro is costing you $14,000. <laughs> we have two. <laughs> we have two of these PCI 4.0 Samsung SSDs in here. And uh, you're just like, okay, great, great. I'm not, I'm not going to buy that. That costs as much as my car. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably never going to pick up one of these. Also, uh, if you'll note, the article doesn't tell you how much it costs. Well, they, they haven't revealed pricing yet. Yeah. So, uh, or availability. So I'm going to imagine this is going to be very, very expensive. Oh, it's and... going to be hella expensive. Oh, yeah. So Hella. I I don't know what's wrong Hello. with today. <laughs> um, let's move on. We're going to overclock3d.net. And uh, we're going to talk about another thing that none of us are ever going to be able to afford. They have a 16K modular TV screens for ultra-rich consumers. Uh, Sony has decided <laughs> to offer... Crystal LED display technology to consumers. I'm reading this from Overclock 3D. You can go to the link below. Uh, They're creating large modular screens with resolutions of up to 16K. The system is designed using micro LED panels, which measure at 16 by 18 inches and offer a resolution of 360 by 360. The pixel brightness levels of 1,000 nits, 99% black surface levels, 10-bit color support, and 140% coverage of the sRGB color space. First off, how is that even possible? How do you have 140% coverage of something that I would think would be objectively, like you could only have 100% coverage of it? Man, we're going to show you colors that you ain't even seen before. Yeah, Yeah. it's even wider than than sRGB color. Okay. Okay, that's what it maybe, is. Uh, okay. Maybe it displays in like UV or something as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, these screens are also at 120 hertz. Each micro LED panel, which by the way, remember those are the 16 by 18 inch panels. Uh, apparently each one of them costs $10,000. Damn. Making a 1080p 110 inch setup costs roughly... 180,000 pounds, euros? Uh, One of the two. 180 pounds. 180,000 pounds. I'm sorry. Uh, A 4K 220-inch setup to be $720,000. And a 16K 790-inch, $5.76 million. Sony's micro-LED panels are designed to join together seamlessly, making the screen look like a large, singular panel. Uh, so it's only, it's only for, a, for a 790-inch setup. Only $5.76 million. Only. Only. Uh, and it says, with this kind of pricing, Sony's crystal LED TV uh, setups are designed exclusively for the multi-millionaire... No, you really... You mean I'm not going to be able to go to my bank and be like, hey, can I have a loan? I just need a loan. I want to watch TV. <laughs> I just want a loan to buy this TV. It's a hundred and... I'm sorry. It's uh, $5.76 million. Um, and in two years, it's going to be obsolete. 
That's that's what's gonna happen. I uh, just don't. Why would you want a 16K screen when literally nothing is going to use that resolution? Not for like the next two decades. Nothing's gonna reuse that resolution. Like we have 8K displays now, and in order to hook up those 8K displays, you have to run two display port cables from your video card to that display just so it can display half of the screen per display port. Oh, I don't even I don't even mean something that's capable of driving the display. I just mean like things that will no... actually output to that, I think is what he's talking about. Yeah, there's nothing there's that's... there's no no, I mean there's no content. Like mm-hmm. there there are no, there, no nothing's being filmed in 16K. It's not yeah. no. No, 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 I agree. I totally agree. This is stupid. Um, I mean, the most re- I'm saying most reasonable in this whole situation. Also, I think that the pound they meant to put the the instead the 180 pounds. I think it was 100 or 180 thousand pounds. I think they meant to put 180 thousand dollars. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird that it's dollars everywhere else in the article except yeah, there. Yeah. So I think the most reasonable one they have. Uh, which obviously isn't reasonable at all, is the 4K 220-inch setup. Because that's $720,000, but you know it's still a massive screen. It's 110 inches, and it's 4K, so you actually have content that you'd actually be able to put on there. So if you have millions of dollars, that would probably be the one that... Like, let's say I won the lottery and I had millions of dollars to throw away. I still wouldn't buy that, but I would consider getting the $720,000 one. But that's just, maybe that's just me, like, overthinking it. Like, this because 16K, as Aroa said, there's no content for it. Like, I can't think of anything, like, games don't run at 16K. Um... I don't think they've made any 16K movies. No. You might be able to get a 16K wallpaper. Wait. Actually, let me... Let, let me... me see. Okay. What is what is IMAX filmed in? <laughs> like, that would be is the that, only thing... Is that 4K? Or 8K? Let's see. IMAX. Uh, let's look up IMAX Wikipedia. IMAX. Uh, it's a proprietary system of high-resolution cameras, film formats, film projectors, and theaters known for having very large screens with a tall aspect ratio, uh, approximately 1 by 43. Uh, They're two 2K images. So two 2K images. So not so... even 16... Using um, super resolution imaging increases the perceived resolution to approximately 2.9K. 16K resolution. Oh, that's using using digital projection. Okay. In laser projection, they use a dual 4K laser projector system. Okay, so so Uh, I'm on Wikipedia right now. Um... It says 16K resolution is uh, 8640p, also known as 16K UHD, 16K Ultra HD, blah, 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 blah. Um, Currently, 16K resolutions can run on multi-monitor setups with 
AMD iFinity or NVIDIA Surround. AMD has announced their target, a target for future graphics cards to support 16K resolution with a refresh rate of 240 hertz uh, for true immersion in VR. Well, of, of course they fucking planned that. Yeah, of course they're like, like you, yeah, you're going to say, no, no, we're done. We reached <laughs> the pinnacle of computer. We can, we, like, we run gonna do that. 480p for life, baby. Um, Inolux, Inolux displayed the world's first 100-inch 16K, uh, 8K SHU or UHD uh, at Taiwan in 2018. Sony has introduced a 17 feet tall by 64 feet wide commercial 16K, dis- 16K display in NAB 2019 that is set to release in Japan. Um, but I don't see any, like, movies or anything that it's talking about the theoretical resolution of imax film like analog film is 12k like if if they were to take the actual film and 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 you were to perfectly reproduce it through projection the the resolution is twelve thousand lines of horizontal resolution on sixty five millimeter camera negative, which is twelve k. Yeah. So we got so a ways to you, go. It's higher resolution than an IMAX. Well, l- how much? So so Linus Tech Tips do their videos in eight k, I believe. For some reason. Uh. And they use a red camera. Yeah. So they use a... And you know, that's a good point. Because haven't they even done videos about how their red cameras like have problems with overheating sometimes? They, ha- they have problems with overheating. They have problems with their computers being able to even scrub through the files when editing. Right. Um, like, <laughs> they... Not to mention storing all that shit. Yeah. They have. You're gonna need some of them Samsung SSDs. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. You're gonna need a lot of those, uh, those really expensive uh, PCI 4.0 SSDs. But okay, so one of those red cameras is, let's say you're able to get it cheap on a discount, fifty thousand dollars per camera. Like you're not gonna be posting your you're not going to be like oh here's a video my kid made on their iphone you you would have to buy a, a i mean let's be fair if you're paying five point something million dollars for a a tv then you're probably able to spend another fifty thousand dollars on a camera but it just doesn't One make any sense kids. oh yeah yeah exactly you gotta you gotta i don't know at that point you can pay for an abortion um Anyway, this is ridiculous. Don't don't buy, don't buy anything. You don't even over have 4K. to tell somebody don't buy it. They they don't have the choice. That's true. Nobody listening to my <laughs> podcast makes millions of dollars. Everyone's like, yeah, I work at a, I work at a fast food place. I'm gonna be saving my pennies. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, or just wait a couple years. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to go to the Goodwill and find some of these TVs. Just 
right next to the Guitar Hero controllers, you're just going to find a 110-inch 4K TV. That's that's what I plan on doing. Anyway. So how do they install these things? Like that? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that. Like, I guess they take the tiny panels and like hook them together. Yeah. Do, Here's do my 110 see... inch TV. It's made by 16 by 18 inch cubes. Yes. Do you see um at the top of that picture, like all those like pieces of cardboard on the top? Uh, that's yeah. for a sound reflection. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're at the. Oh, never mind. Never mind. But but what I was saying about not buying earlier, uh, like obviously, buy a four K thing. Like if if you see something like, oh, here's an eight K thing, I could buy that and be future proof. Don't do that. Just just buy something that's four K right now, because well, the technology is going to be better and cheaper in the next few years for 4k and 8k yeah what were you saying it, i wouldn't even i wouldn't even buy a 4k tv right now to be honest but that's that's me um, well right also just in case any anyone all the all the like four people who actually listen to this podcast uh think that uh we're too dense to realize that this is obviously for like like theaters and whatnot yeah yes yeah, yeah obviously we know we know, we know. like I still... This is this is the kind of thing that they do E3 with. Right. If I were to like win the lottery or something, I I might make myself a small theater, but I still I would just get like a decent projector and put it in there. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy something that was $720,000 because that's just plain ridiculous at this point. I think um, I'd build a small castle. A small castle. Would you get a moat? Would you yeah. have a moat? Oh hell yeah! So, <laughs> and I'd shit in it, like no. in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what they did. Is that is that what they did? That's what a moat was. That's that's how they kept the Black Knight at bay. I, that was, yeah, that that actually is like how shit. they kept people out. Because like otherwise you could just swim through it. Like all that shit about keeping alligators and stuff. No, they just shit in it. Oh well, that's. I didn't know that, and that's a lot more disturbing now. Now that I think about all the historical like movies where people are running you know, through moats. It's really weird that things like plague spread back in those days. How did that happen? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how any of that stuff happened. But you know what I, what I do know is that we found the end of our episode, and I want to say thank you, Aroa, for being here. No problem. I'm glad we had insightful discussion about Whatever we talked about. Moats and Phones pooping. and poop. Poop. And thank you, Connor, for being here. I mean, I was kind of here. I didn't really say much. No, you didn't. But it's okay. You were eating pizza the entire time. Actually, I kind of was. It's delicious. <laughs> and I'm Nathan Reinspruth. We'll be joining you next week. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of our social medias. And uh, goodbye. Bye. 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 I like mayonnaise on pizza. <laughs>